morning or good afternoon, good evening to everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talk Like Ladies. I am one of your hosts, Rachel Emerald, and I'm sitting here with my best friend, my sister in Christ, thicker than blood, blood can separate us. <laughs> I thought you were um, going to say thicker than a snicker. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, but yes, Janae with the G. Yeah. Hey, y'all. It's me again, you know, coming to y'all in the presence of the king. Hallelujah. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode. If you guys were here with us, um, the last episode, which was two weeks ago, um, you know that this is our second episode. And also, um, if you don't know, we did have a podcast previously known as That's My Sis. The Lord moved us in a different direction. So now we are now known as Talk Like Ladies. So we are excited to be here with you guys today. So before we get started, Janae, how was your week or how has the past two weeks been for you um, (laughs) since we have recorded the first episode like what's what's been going on the past two weeks have been amazing um it's definitely like pushed me to a different level of trusting god and Mm -hmm. i feel like i say that loki like every episode even though this is the second one um but i feel like i say that every time um i'm really in a time of just getting to know the lord on a different level like I was, I was talking to um, a couple uh, recently, and I was just telling them that this year, like the Lord is really more than ever showing me that He's my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what that looks like is Him just being there through difficult times. Like He gives me advice. Um, we have full blown conversations, mm-hmm. and I will do things that I think are crazy, but He never, never leaves my side. And Mm -hmm. I always know that I heard from him because I know his voice now. So the past couple of weeks, I'm not going to get into the details, but essentially the Lord has put me into a very uncomfortable position. Um, One that I knew would come, but I didn't think it would come at this point in my life. And if I were to tell y'all what it was, y'all would probably think that I'm crazy. But I think that that's exactly where the Lord wants us to be. Um, Just willing to do whatever it is that he tells you to do, no matter what the circumstances look like. So that's what my my past two weeks have looked like. Just finally making a decision that I knew that I had to make that was going to be very uncomfortable. And something that's been blessing me from it is talking to my sisters about it and just seeing how encouraged they were from me taking that leap of faith. So Mm -hmm. I don't even know exactly what's going to come of what the Lord has led me to do, but I'm excited and I can see it being a testimony and something that's going to bring encouragement to other people. So I'm hype, girl. Amen. Um, I definitely think that's a blessing. And I think that with every season that the Lord takes us through, you're able to see your faith being increased, mm-hmm. but also your faith being tested. Yeah. And I definitely think that being in uncomfortable positions does like grow your faith, yeah. you know? And I feel like the Lord is just going to continue to use 
whatever it is that he's doing in your life to glorify himself. Yeah. And he's also going to use it to show other people like I'm real and this is what I can do. And something that I love about when the Lord does things like this is it shows people like not only can the Lord nor is he just doing that for you, but he can do that for me too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I definitely feel like, you know, it's just great to see what the Lord is, you know, doing and, you know, going to be even more great to see, you know, what's going to be on the other side of it. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. It's like, you can't know that you have faith unless it's tested. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are, you know, we claim to have faith, And we claim to believe that the Lord can do anything until we're put in a position where we really have to believe him for that. Um, So I'm just hoping that, you know, and I will talk about the details of it once the Lord is done. Um, (laughs) So it could be a real testimony. Um, But yeah, like these are the moments that really push us and show us how much faith we actually have. Yeah. So put your faith where your mouth is. Don't just walk around saying that you have faith. Let your works match your faith. And um, I think that that's exactly where the Lord has me right now. So I'm excited. Um, But yeah, girl, what's up with you? Well, (laughs) I have just, I've been in, a similar space as you. I am also just a few days away from my 33rd birthday. Turn up. And absolutely. For the Lord. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I've just been really learning a lot about, obviously, the Lord. And, you know, I feel like the older I get and the more the Lord matures me, and I may or may not have said this the last episode, but, like, it just strengthens my relationship with him. Like, he strengthens, like, my trust and belief in him. Mm-hmm. And just... Even like you were talking about just like really like having that relationship with him where like like a friend. Like yeah. yes, he's our father, he's our God, he's also our friend. And just being able to be honest with him and just say, you know, like like recently, you know, I had to tell him, like, Lord, like, why am I feeling like this about this? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like this makes me feel very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So just really being able to have that relationship with him has grown tremendously. And then on the like you know, just brink of my birthday, just always doing a lot of reflecting and always doing like a lot of like, like doing self-assessments Yeah, and, you know, things that like, hey girl, you need to change this. You need to change that. You need to stop doing this. You need to start doing that. So I'm just kind of in that space. And then also like, like, as you said, the Lord has done many things in my life. The Lord has just I, I was saying this, I think maybe two days ago, like the overwhelming feeling that I was having was feeling blessed. Yeah. And I really feel blessed. I feel like no matter what it is that I'm going through in life, I know that the Lord has me. Like, yes. The Lord, and I said this before, but like, He really does. Yeah. You know, um, I had no, I was the type of person that like I had every, when I was a kid, when I was growing up, I used to really have like every, like a year of for like planned out of my life. Like mm. I was like, oh, when I'm 21, I want to do this. When I'm 25, I want to do this. And like, I had no thought of the 30s. <laughs> so like now that I'm turning 33, I'm like, I literally don't even know what's going on, but I just fully trust God. Like I don't have a plan. My plan is whatever it is that he wants me to do. Amen. So I'm just really like walking in that and just walking in it in who he wants me to be. And I just want to be the woman that he created me to be and whatever. I told him actually this morning, like whatever that means, whatever that looks like, no matter how uncomfortable it makes me, no matter like what position it puts me in with, you know, 
people. Like I want to be who it is that he created me to be. Amen. So that's kind of like where I am. But also where I am is in a very uncomfortable place. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable for a few different reasons. It's uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar. Mm. It is definitely a road less traveled. Mm-hmm. But we know that, you know, broad is... You the know, way the, to destruction. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like... The road is narrow that we're supposed to walk. And I feel like that's what I'm on, but it it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think as we mature in the Lord, we see that, you know, the different seasons that we're in, when the Lord is, you know, doing these things and he's growing us, we're going to be uncomfortable. Like oh when I God. say that, like, you know, just really having to walk in certain areas and you're like, this, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I've never experienced this before. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah, I mean, I could go on and on. But <laughs> one thing that the Lord, in preparation for the episode, which I really didn't prepare, but like, <laughs> um, the Lord did kind of just like remind me of something. And I want to actually get the. Come on, Bible. word. Come on, Bible. And, um, I want to let me hold your mic for you. Thank you. Because we're supposed to be servants. I esteem you higher than myself. Oh, thank you, brother. Yeah. So um, it's actually in Genesis 12. And um, hold on. Actually, or is it? Okay, yeah, it is. It is in Genesis 12. So I'm going to start in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. In verse 2, and I will make you, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who honors, who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 Mm. years old when he departed from Haran or Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem to, to the Oak of Morah. At the time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Mm. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward Negev, toward the Negev. Ooh, girl, so, there is so much in that. Yeah. So um, I'll let you go, but... The reason why, well, one of the reasons why I felt like the Lord um, brought this um, to my remembrance is one of the things to note right here is that Abram, this is before he was, his name was changed to Abraham. He was 75 years old. Mm. So if you think you have to pick up and leave everything that you know, your family, your friends, just everything like, you know, where you grew up and everything. And you're 75 years old. Now, I do believe that 75 in the ancient days was not 75 <laughs> now. But, but still, he was, 75, he was still old. That's still old. Yeah. So he was 75 years old. And you have to get up and you have to leave everything that you know with your wife and your nephew and everything 
that is so uncomfortable. That is so weird. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, like being a Christian living this life, I mean, like the world really does look at us like we're weird. Like, why are you 75? Yeah. Like, you're really out here 75 about to move. Like, what is wrong with you? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I feel like the Lord, you know, called him and put him in that position. And he had to answer the call too. Yeah. Like, you have to, like, when the Lord is calling you, you have to answer it. Like, he's not going to make you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? You have to answer. Mm-hmm. So, but I do love that. And obviously, I'm going to let you go. But I just mm-hmm. felt like it was just so much in that to where it's like, you're 75 years old. You're being called to leave everything. That is so uncomfortable. But it's like, where would we even be if he didn't answer the call? Like, if he just mm-hmm. would have been like, yo, that's mad awkward. Like, that's that's too much. Like, I cannot leave my family. Wow. Like, I can't leave my family. Like, I'm, I'm old. Like, hey. I can't do that. Like, what if he just would have stayed in a comfortable position? We would not be here. (laughs) Oh, okay. And I'm just going to take a sip. (laughs) (laughs) So, man, I don't know why when you were reading that, I was thinking it's like a three three C's. So, obviously, some of you guys know we have a background of – in, in the financial industry. And they, it would be like the, I think it's the four C's of credit. Is it the three or the four or oh, five? Right, five C's of credit. But uh, <laughs> I was thinking of three C's. Comfort conflicts with Christianity sometimes. Not all the time, because obviously Jesus sent the comforter, the Holy Spirit to be with us. But when it comes to walking out our lives Comfort is something that will get in the way of us knowing Christ and doing what he created us to do. Mm-hmm. Abram, at his old age, and I was thinking about it, it's like, yeah, it might have been considered younger than 75 is now. Because 75 is like pretty much, you expired, <laughs> according to the word, three scores and, and what? And 10. And 10. So you you expired at 70, whatever, however how, how old. Girl, why am I stuttering? However old he was. Um, but it still was old because when he had a child, it was t- that's why Sarah laughed because they were old. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like they were just youthful and God just called them to do something that was easy. And it's hard for people, even at the age of 20, to do something like that. Mm-hmm. So to think about doing it after you have all of this life experience all of this time in one place, all of this time around the same people and going to the same places, like to pick up and leave at that point in your life, that is extremely uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I was also just thinking about like, he was very specific with who he brought with him. Mm -hmm. Not that Lot was necessarily, you know, one of the heavy hitters for the Lord, but it had to be Lot in particular because if it wasn't Lot, it would have created a different storyline. Mm-hmm. So on your journey to coming out of your comfort zone when the when the Lord calls you to do it is very important to assess who you're going to bring with you because certain people, they have things in them that will disrupt the plan of God. Um. And I think that even when it came to the relationship that he had with Lot, obviously at a certain point they ended up disagreeing, Mm -hmm. but that disagreement was intentional. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like a lot of us, we don't want to step outside of our comfort zones because we think that where the Lord is going to lead us to, it's going to be something that we can't handle. Like a lot of us are uncomfortable with conflict, yeah. but conflict is something that pushes us to be who we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I think about like our, our friendship, you know, the Lord bringing us together, the conflict that we've had, the disagreements that we've had, the times that we haven't seen eye to eye, it made me stronger. Mm-hmm. Like even when it comes to me coming to Christ, like when we would sit down and we would have those conversations about the Bible, when I was going to the kingdom hall and you were asking me questions that I couldn't answer. And I felt like what you were saying, it made so much sense, but it went against everything that I knew when I was growing up. The Lord used that. The Lord used that conflict to get me to think mm-hmm. and and have a desire for the truth. Because I would ask these the same types of questions that you would ask me. I would ask it to my mother and different people that were, you know, in the kingdom hall and they couldn't give me an answer. Mm-hmm. And so I say all of that to say it's important to not run from conflict. And even if you have to be separated from someone, the Lord is intentional in that. And then another part of it was God, when he took him away from the land that he was in and that he was familiar with, he told him that he was going to give his descendants the land. Yeah. So when God is taking you out of your comfort zone, it's not just about you. It's about what he wants to do for your descendants. Like Abraham is every Christian's spiritual father. Mm -hmm. And if Abraham wasn't obedient, to God and would have stayed in the place that he was comfortable in, we would not be exactly what you were saying. Like we, even though we may not be directly in his line, in his lineage, Mm -hmm. we would not be where we are if it wasn't for his obedience to God and coming out of his comfort zone. And I heard a man say that obedience to God stops witchcraft. Come on. I just had to throw that in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I say all that to say, you don't know what your obedience and you coming out of your comfort zone is tied to. Mm-hmm. Like it, it'll obviously be a blessing for you, but it'll also be a blessing for people that you may not even know. Mm-hmm. But the Lord knows his plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. So in those uncomfortable situations, in those uncomfortable seasons, he's growing you, but he's also setting up your future generations and other people so that they can come to know the Lord the way that you do. Absolutely. Of course, I agree. Um, I think that being comfortable sometimes like it just keeps you stagnant yeah you know i think that being comfortable it hinders your growth Mm -hmm. you know something that i was thinking about when i was in the gym last week was like you know i remember back in the day sometimes when i'll go in the gym and like i would lift weights and like i would not be lifting weights that was gonna do anything it was like i would be lifting (laughs) like 10 pounds like yeah You know, just to say that, you know, like you did it, like, yeah, we're going to the gym, but it didn't start, I didn't start seeing real results and like things didn't start changing until I had to get uncomfortable and the weight had to increase because I had to put my body under subjection. Like it had to hurt. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're not, you're not going to like lose fat. You're not going to build muscle and you sit up here like 
taking on less. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, less weight. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, if I'm just like this, like, you're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, now you might do like a very, you know, very small on the scale of impact, Mm -hmm. but not enough to actually make the type of improvements that you really do want to see. Mm -hmm. And in order for you to be who it is that God wants you to be, you're going to have to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that every single season is going to be straight up uncomfortable. I don't believe that. But I do think that you're going to have to go through those uncomfortable times to really be who it is that God wants you to be. Absolutely. You know, like even with the gym analogy, like if I'm just playing around all day in the gym, it's like you're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. You're wasting everyone's energy. You know, like you should just. Stay home. Like, what's the point of you going if you're not yeah. really going to, you know, do what it is that you need to do? But in order for you to get the results that you do want to get, you're going to have to get uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, because not even just like with the working out, like sometimes, hey, and not even sometimes, when you do work out, you do need, we should just be eating healthy in general. But it's like, when you're working out, you want to be effective. You want to really make an impact on your body. You really want to reach optimal health. You're going to have to be uncomfortable. And sometimes that means like, hey, no, like I do need to cut out the dairy. Mm-hmm. Hey, like, I, you know, I do be loving me some pizza, but I do need <laughs> to cut out the dairy. You know, that dairy causes inflammation. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need that. And I'm trying to work out. Like, you don't need to be counterproductive. Right. You know, like, hey, I need to cut out the sugar. And for a lot of people, that may be very uncomfortable because a lot of people that may be like, heavily in your diet Mm -hmm. and so you might feel like you're in a place where like I don't know what to eat and that's uncomfortable you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like it could just be like not have to start trying new foods like for a lot of people it's like if you're just so used to doing one thing you know what I'm saying if you're just only used to being in you know on this side of stuff or on this scale you know having to completely change your eating habits your sleeping habits like if you're the type of person where you get not that great sleep, like you're going to have to start getting better sleep. And so that means, okay, if I want to get eight to 10 hours of sleep a night, that means I'm going to like, I don't know, go to sleep earlier, but you might be somebody who's a night owl and you like to stay up late or like, mm-hmm. or some people have issues sleeping, but now it's like, man, I really have to like go to sleep at eight. That's uncomfortable. Cause yeah. it's like, man, like I'm just like, some people you may just be getting started at 10. I don't know, but yeah. you know, whatever it is, like, all of these different changes, it does come with discomfort. Absolutely. You know, but it's like if you didn't experience that, you wouldn't be able to have that true change that it is that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about in the last episode that, you know, it's a new year, but it's the same assignment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the assignment is, is like growing in the Lord and searching the Lord. It's going to require that you you decrease so that he increases. And in order for you to decrease, you're going to need to kill your flesh. Yes. Killing your flesh is uncomfortable. Yeah. So yes, that that's going to mean you living a healthier lifestyle so you can hear the Lord. Mm-hmm. I I absolutely agree with everything you said. And like, I was just thinking about, and I don't know why this is something that always like comes to my mind, but even when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle, you have to be mindful about who you are in that. Mm-hmm. Not who you are, but who you're around when you're going through that. Because a lot of people, they learn unhealthy habits from people that they're around. Yeah. Sometimes you learn how to eat unhealthy from your parents. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have anybody around you to to show you what it means and what it looks like to eat healthy, that makes it that much harder for you to embrace it. Mm-hmm. And so- 
And that was, I would say that was probably the case for me too. Like I didn't really learn to eat healthy until I was separated from all of the friends that I had outside of you. You've stayed, praise God. Um, (laughs) But, you know, like being around certain types of people, they will encourage you to stay in that comfort zone because they only know you to be a certain type of way. And sometimes getting out of your comfort zone calls you to do something that you've not seen anyone else around you do. Yeah. And Obviously, I mean, that's in the Bible. Like, yeah. You know, even with Abram before he was Abraham. Yeah. I'm sure you ain't seen nobody because, I mean, well, the Bible didn't tell us that, but I'm sure you ain't seen anybody do what you did. Right. Exactly. And, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's the case modern day. Like, just because we don't see people around us doing it, that doesn't mean that God is not calling us to do it. And I think that that's something that, holds a lot of people back and they end up getting to the place where, you know, where they meet the Lord and they did not do all that they were supposed to do because they were so concerned with fitting in with everyone that was around them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like in order for you to fulfill your purpose, you have to be willing to do things that you've not, that you've never done and do things that you've not seen anyone else around you do Mm -hmm. because God has a specific plan for each and every one of us. And it's not going to look like what everyone else has done. He was intentional about writing a specific story for each person that he created. Mm -hmm. And that story is not going to look like everyone else's. And I think that that's what, what holds a lot of people back because they ain't never seen nobody do it. They haven't had somebody walk it out for them. They don't have direction. They don't have a mentor. They don't have necessarily leadership. And I'm not saying that it's not a good thing to have, you know, people to look up to and, you know, be able to talk to and get guidance from, but you're not going to always have a direct example of what the Lord wants your life to look like. But if you're waiting on that, you won't be able to fulfill what it is that he's calling you to do. Absolutely. And I think, honestly, in my humble opinion, I just think that we need to take our eyes off of other people. Absolutely. You need to not be concerned with what anybody else is doing. You know, we are a peculiar people. Yeah. So we're different. You know what I mean? And like God, like you said, like he created each and every one of us for a very, very special purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, he has his reasons for why he, like I said, you know, in the last episode, he arranged the circumstances in our lives to be a certain type of way. We were born into a certain family Mm -hmm. with our certain parents and um, surroundings to have certain personality traits, different things, because he wants to use that. Right. Right. And just because he wants to use that, you don't, that doesn't mean that like you go out and you try to figure things out on your own. No. Yeah. And like you're saying, like, just because nobody, you've seen nobody do it, like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Look at everybody in the Bible that was used by the Lord. Nobody's seen anybody do. I mean, there are people who were like under people like Elisha when he was watching like Elijah, but even the things that he did, he was doing different things. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I feel like you don't need to be focused on like, oh, Nobody in my family has ever done this before. No, like that shouldn't be your concern because the Lord wants to use you. Right. If He wanted, you know, you to be doing what it is that your mom or your dad or your sister, brother, whoever, cousins are doing, that just would have been your life. But that's not what He's calling you to do. Exactly. He's calling you to be somebody different because you already are different. You know what I mean? You don't. You're not like anybody else already. Mm-hmm. So I think that like we just need to stop focusing 
on what other people are doing or what other people are saying, like, like you're saying, like, oh, I've never seen this before. That's okay. But the thing is, he's the one that orders our steps. Exactly. So if God is the one that's ordering our steps, we don't need to have an example. He's ordered it for us. Mm -hmm. As long as we just listen to him and we seek him for what it is that we're supposed to be doing, we'll be okay. Yeah. Like, we're going to have an expected end. And that gives me so much comfort. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, the Lord already knows what he's going to do in my life. And- I think that as Christians, it's important for us to walk in a way that we know that he's our father and he's going to take care of us. He's not out here trying to make us look crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's that's something that that probably like keeps some people from coming to Christianity, like because they don't know what it looks like to be in a place of uncertainty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. And some people, they're so caught up in being in control and and working their own plan out that they're, they have no space, they have no room to allow the Lord to work out his plan in their life mm-hmm. because it's uncertain and they're concerned about what they're going to look like to people, especially if you've already, you know, reached certain heights and and people are looking to you and and you're in a position of leadership it's i can see how that can be really hard for you to just be like okay i'm just going to throw my hands up and just do what the lord tells me to do after i spent years so yeah like you know you spent years in school mm-hmm. trying to fulfill a plan that you saw for yourself or a plan that was put on you. That's, That's what the it thing. Is. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, like, and I think that there's a reason why there's heavy emphasis on children. Cause I remember specifically, like every time I would go around certain family members before they asked me how things were like a common question was, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like eight. I'm eight. Like, Girl, like, I'm trying to watch the Power of Hub Girls. I'm trying to have my my Captain Crunch. Girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where my mind is. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to be when I grow up because I don't know. Exactly. I'm trying to play with my dolls and have my pretend family that I'm going right. to one day have. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I want to do when I'm eight. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't even know who I am at eight. Like, when you're at eight, when you're eight years old, like, you just want to eat, like, pizza rolls yes totinos yeah like you want to do things that is not actually beneficial everything that's not beneficial that's what i wanted i wanted to drink kool-aid i wanted to have me a kool-aid jammer girl and those things used to hit back in the day kool-aid jammers i want fruit roll-ups and that's where my mind is i don't even have the mental capacity to think about what i'm gonna be doing when i'm nine yeah you're asking me what i'm gonna do you asking me what I'm going to do when I'm 29? I have no idea. Like, who knows? Right. And it's like, it's, I do think that it's, there is a space for adults to steer you. You know what I'm saying? Like, steer you in the right direction, but it should not be for a specific career. It should be with the word. Mm-hmm. You should be speaking over me what the word says that a woman of God should look like. Not the career that you never got to do while you were my age. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's really sad because it's like a lot of us, we go into debt and we make all of these investments of our time and our resources 
fulfilling the plans of another person. But God says that he knows the plans that he has for you. He has plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And I think that a lot of times we just get so caught up in other people's plans, our parents, our teachers, just people around us that see certain things in us and they imagine us being in a certain place that we are unable or unwilling to receive from the Lord what it is that he wants to do in our lives. Mm-hmm. I love that you said that because it goes right along with what it is that we're talking about because that's uncomfortable. Yes. You know, it's uncomfortable to raise your child with them not having, well, with you not having a plan for what it is that they're going to do as right. far as their career is concerned. Because society tells you that, hey, like when you're 10 years old, you should already know what college you want to go to. You should already <laughs> know what you want to major in. You should already know what career path you want to go down. You should already know like where you want to live. Like that's what society is, you know, telling us and has been telling us. So of course it's very uncomfortable if you are raising children you know, or if you are a child, you know, it's very uncomfortable to like, be like, hey, I'm just going to let the Lord, you know, develop this and just going to raise you up in the fear and admonition of the Lord and allow the Lord to guide you in what it is that he wants you to do. That's uncomfortable because it's just more comfortable, you know, for it to be like, you know what, let me just bring a keyboard in here. Yeah. Let me just have you, you know, try to learn this stuff instead of you naturally you know what I mean? Like, of course, developing. like, of course you can develop the interest because like, if you're being raised by parents who do certain things, like naturally as a child, like, Hey, like if my parents are musicians or my parents are, you know, very musically inclined, like I'm going to, you know, show an interest that's mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. But I think that like, if you're like pushing them to do that, like, Hey, you, you know, like, let me sign you up for this. Let me sign you up for that. You need to be on stage. Like, mm-hmm. let's, you know, send you to some auditions. Right. You know what I mean? That's very uncomfortable for a lot of people to just Fully, you know what it is? Trust God. It's uncomfortable for people to just like trust God. Like, hey, Lord, this is the child you gave me. Like, even just like with us, like, it's like, it's very uncomfortable for people to be like, you know what? I'm just going to trust God. Like, I don't really know um, why. I don't know why the Lord had me move out here and I don't know nobody. And I've, you know, never even been to this place, but you want me to move here. It's very uncomfortable to just Mm. fully trust God, you know, but it's more comfortable for you to just trust yourself and the ideas that have not gotten you far at all. And the world's philosophy and the world's plans and the world's strategy, like it's easy for you to trust that because you think that that's a proven, they have like a successful proven track record. But what is your measure of success? And it's like, you don't really know, like you don't know, like just because you see people with like, our pastor says this all the time, but like, you don't know what people did to, or you know what I'm saying? To get some of the things that they have, or you don't even know, like if you see people with certain things, you don't know that's something that they actually like did, you know, like uh, people can be given things or whether it's things or positions or accolades, whatever it is, like people can be given things and you seem to appear thinking like, oh my gosh, this person worked so hard for this. You don't know that. (laughs) Right. You know, and how do you know, even if you were to follow their plan to the T, how you know that's going to work out for you? You're not them. I tell people that. You're not them. I tell people that all of the time. Like there'll be people, because I was, I was having this conversation actually with people recently about um, like style. Um, and I'm always the type of person where I'm like, listen, just because this is what works for me. This is just because this is, I like to express myself with how I dress. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the ways in which I like to show my creativity Mm -hmm. with how I dress. Right. And that's my style, but that's just because it's tailored to me. Right. It's not necessarily going to work for you the same way because Mm -hmm. this is tailored 
to me. Right. Now you find out what is your style. You find out what works for you and you go ahead and you, you strive. I'm not strive, but like, you know, like you go ahead and develop discover. That. Yeah. You discover that you grow in that, but you can't just be like, Oh, because this is how she looks at this, but she does it. It's automatically going to work for you. That's the same thing in life. Right. Like, Hey, like you could go out and, you know, be practicing basketball all day long, all all day. Every day doesn't mean that you're going to be LeBron James. You're not going to be LeBron James. You know what I mean? <laughs> Period. Like it's, I, I just think that like, that's why, but it's more comfortable for people to do that than mm-hmm. to just be like, Lord, who am I? Show, show me on. who I am. Lord, like, what is it that you want me to do? Lord, where do you want me to go? It's like, that is so uncomfortable because, oh, he going to answer you and he going to show you. And it may be, what you're least expecting. It's going to be it's what going you're least to be. expecting. Because he is able to do far exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Period. And so because of that, you're not going to see it coming because he's God and he's greater than us. And so his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. So that is more uncomfortable to just be like, Asking a God that you cannot see or audibly or, you know, hear. Yeah. And you're like, Lord, show me who I am. And you know what that means? That means things are going to start happening. Come on. He going to show you. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you said that because that was making me think about a scripture I had um, have read yesterday. It was in, I believe it was, oh, yes, Psalm 119, if I'm not mistaken. Um I'm using my phone to record this, so I'm not going to pull it up. But essentially what it said was that in God's faithfulness. Okay. Yeah. So hold my mic real quick. Thank you, girl. Yeah. We don't need to rely on the digital Bible. Come on. When we have the Ooh, physical. And, I, and I, I bookmarked it. I didn't even know I was going to need it for this. So I'm going to just start from Psalm 119, 72. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice, my God, because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. So what really like stuck out to me about that was where it said in your, that in your faithfulness, in faithfulness, you have afflicted me, bruh. Have y'all ever considered that (laughs) you are being afflicted because it is a sign of God being faithful to you? And what's more uncomfortable to being afflicted by by God? You know what I'm saying? And this it just it reminds me of the story of Job. Like everybody that was around him, like his friends, his wife, even thought that because he was in a certain situation and he was having these different afflictions and he was in discomfort that mm-hmm. he had to be going against God. Mm-hmm. But God is faithful enough to afflict you to draw you to Him. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Like. He will put you in a position that is uncomfortable on purpose. On purpose. On purpose. He will shut up your womb. And there's multiple. Yes. There's multiple examples in the Bible of God shutting up someone's womb. But you think that it's something that you did that led you to get to that place. No, maybe the Lord wanted to bring a testimony out of that. Amen. Even with Hannah. 
with Hannah. He shut up her womb. Exactly. And that prayer that Hannah prayed, honey child. Glory. Glory. But that happened so that she could, you know, bring forth Samuel. Yes. And even through that, the Lord still blessed her and she had more children. Yes. Because she offered him unto the Lord. But, you know, even with even with that, she prayed earnestly to the Lord. Yes. She sought him for that. And I feel like a lot of times when people are in situations like that, when they're being afflicted, if you're immature, like you can be thinking, man, like, Where what did I God? do? Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, this might, this is happening for a reason. Ab- this is to bring something out of you. Absolutely. And he's doing it on purpose because- this is what it takes. This situation specifically is what it's going to take to get you to be who God created you to be. But the question that we have to ask ourselves is how do we speak about God? How do we view God in our time of affliction, mm-hmm. in our time of discomfort? Mm-hmm. Does your discomfort cause you to no longer trust God? Does it cause you to forget mm-hmm. how faithful he's been? Is he not faithful because he afflicted you? Mm -hmm. Is he not faithful because your life is uncomfortable? Come on. (laughs) Is he not faithful because you don't know what's going on right now and you feel like you're out of control or your life is out of control? Does that change, God? Is he not the same today, yesterday, and forever? Do you believe that when your life don't look like the way that you thought that it's supposed to look Mm -hmm. or how people expect your life to look? Mm Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And and going back to um, not Noah, going back to Job, Mm -hmm. Job didn't change the way he spoke about God in the most uncomfortable position ever. All of your children died. Your cattle died. All your wealth, everything was taken away from you. Your friends calling you crazy. Mm -hmm. Your wife told you to curse God and die. You know, she was tripping. You know, she was The first Jezebel, the first Jezebel, but that didn't change his language about God. And Mm -hmm. that's why, even though he had to go through that, he came out of it better. Mm -hmm. You had more children, you had more wealth than what you started out from. But if you would have allowed that situation to change the way you, you viewed God and the way you spoke about God, you would not have been able to witness the testimony that God already knew that he had set up for you. Yeah, because people, there are people who only see God in the good. Come on. You know, should we expect only good from the Lord and not bad? Because the word says that, I mean, the word says that too. But the word also Mm -hmm. says that he, you know, lets it rain on the just and on the unjust. So Mm -hmm. you ain't special just because something is going, you know, because you are going through something. Everybody goes through things. Right. Like, I can't stand that. Like, as, you know, like, as Christians, like, Especially, I feel like that's so immature of you to think like, oh my gosh, like, Lord, do you love me just because you've gone through some hardships? Like, who doesn't? Right. It is life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are not special Mm -hmm. because you are going through trials and tribulations when we all go through trials and tribulations. And the Lord told us that we would. He said that we would have many tribulations. But that's why he also said to take heart like, he has overcome the world. He's already done it. And, so and I was you. I was thinking like, you know, when you were, you know, talking about Job, like with the afflictions, I was thinking about like Jesus, you know, he asked the father, he asked him to, you know, if it was his, 
He asked him to remove the cup, but if it's his will, like he, whatever his will is, he will do it. Yes. Your will be done. Come but on. Did you have that attitude? He, he asked for it to be removed from him. Yeah. You know, sweating to the point of blood. Yeah. But he still, he still did it. But the Lord, but if Jesus didn't die, we would not have mm-hmm. everlasting life. We would not have forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't understand. So I just feel like there is always, and I know this is so like, cliche and people say this but like there is always purpose in the pain yes you know it is and it's like it's gonna take you being uncomfortable though and that's something that I really want people to fully grasp that like this life is not about us being comfortable because this world is not (laughs) not it is not our home at all right and so when you're not home you're not comfortable Come on. And it could be a nice place that you in. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if you go to a hotel, it's so, it hit different when you get Mm -hmm. back home. You know what I'm saying? But I just kind of wanted to go back to one point that you were making about trust in God. So many people, and let me not even just say that. I, I too, because I don't want to be one of those Christians that only want to point out the error in other people's ways because I've I've had struggles as well. And it's been a journey to get to where I am right now. And Damn, I'm still, still learning, still learning. But sometimes we as Christians don't want to be in an uncomfortable position because of our lack of trust in God. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not willing to step into something else that you know. And it's not even like, you know, I feel like we will know, especially when you get to a certain level of your relationship with God, you know, when he speaks to you, 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 you know, when he's using somebody else to speak to you, you know, when the pastor, when the Lord is using the pastor to speak to you, but we're unwilling to do it because we don't trust God. Mm-hmm. For some reason, we really have convinced ourselves that he doesn't have our best interest at heart. And that he going to have us out here looking crazy. Mm-hmm. And I just think a lot of people, a lot of people, they make the mistake of coming to Christianity thinking that their lives are going to look like those who have been walking with the Lord for a long time. And they see the glory, but they don't know the story. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's not faith. If you're looking to come to God and immediately be a finished product and have everything together, that's not faith. Nope. Because you that's not something that you have to trust in him for. That's what faith is. Mm-hmm. What is it? And we keep bringing this up. And I always twist it up. Faith is the substance of things. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And people don't want to go through the process of believing in God for something that is unseen. Yeah. I'll believe it if I see it, but God's in the word, it says blessed are those who did not have to see and they still believe that's what the Lord wants from us for us to trust him when everything looks crazy and he will set situations up, set situations up in particular to draw you to him and to build your faith in him. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't go through those circumstances, you would never have faith, truly. Yeah, because either we're going to be Christians or we're not. Period. Because at the end of the day, as believers in Jesus Christ, who is fully God, fully man, 
came to earth completely perfect, right? Mm -hmm. He ascended, you know, after he died, rose again, ascended to heaven. He is still alive. He ain't dead. He's still alive, right? How can we believe in God, right? How can we claim to believe in God and we don't see him, right? Right. If I'm going to believe in you and I don't see you, oh, I have to trust you. Period. Like, I just feel like... Period. And of course it sounds crazy, but it's like, I have to trust you. I can't see you. Yeah. So it's like, I know you exist. I mean, everything, nature tells us that God exists, right? But I can't see you. I just have to trust you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know that (laughs) sounds kind of like ridiculous to some people or simple, but like- That's okay, because he uses the foolishness But I just, I have to trust you. Like, I can't see you. I might as well just fully trust you because I can't see you, yet you have done all of these things for me. Right. And you've done, you you sent your only begotten son to die on the cross for me. So if I believe in him, I will not die, but I'll have everlasting life. Like, you blessed me. You've forgiven me. You've redeemed me. Like, I have to, I mean, you've done all of these things. Listen. Like, why not just fully trust it? Like, I mean, like, and that's the thing too, like, with people like, what is there to lose? Listen, I know Jesus walked on water. I ain't have to see it. Period. But that's that's the foundation, you know. God, He is the the founder of our faith, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> when you first come to Christ, you have to be willing to die to yourself. Yeah, and yourself tells you, "I'm going to believe whatever I see." That is the the basis of me believing something if I see it. But at the beginning of your process with with God, your process of sanctification and salvation you have to die to yourself and be willing to believe in something that you have not seen Mm -hmm. and no one and no one has seen Mm -hmm. (laughs) not it's not even just you no No man has seen god Mm -hmm. because no man can see god and live Mm -hmm. so it, it it has to be And it's only faith that brings us to him. And it's the foundation for the way that we're going to live our lives going forward. Mm -hmm. I start off believing something that I've never seen. And everything that he's going to do going forward will require me to believe something that Mm -hmm. I do not see. And and I can understand why that is completely crazy to some people. Mm -hmm. Because we're taught to only believe what we see. But that's, we live lives that are counterculture just because the the culture appeals to our senses and, you know, they teach us to only believe in the things that we see. We have to be willing to go completely against that mm-hmm. and believe not only in God himself, someone that we cannot see, but the things that he's going to do in our lives. We have to believe it even though we don't see it, even though everything around us looks like it's not going to be. And some people could even look at the world today and say, oh, God ain't real. Mm-hmm. How is God real? And and is sex trafficking going on? How is God real? And there's homelessness. How is God real? And, and there's all of this violence and stuff that's going on. But you have to make an intentional decision to believe in the one that created all of this and believe that he's going to do the things that he promises you. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I feel encouraged. Absolutely. I feel absolutely encouraged because I just feel like the Lord is continuing to 
show me in so many different ways. Number one, he already has because his mercy endures forever. Mm-hmm. You know, Psalm 103 tells us that like his mercies are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. Amen. And I'm just grateful to the Lord that, and I hope you all were encouraged as well, but I'm just grateful to the Lord that no matter how uncomfortable a season may be, no matter how long it lasts in the discomfort that I can trust in him and know that he's working it out for my good. Knowing that number one, he is going to get the glory from this period. This is going to, it's it's all about him getting the glory. So he's going to get the glory from this. He's going to get the glory from my life. He's going to get the glory from this situation. And no matter what it takes, no matter how I feel about it, no matter how it makes me look to others, other people could say whatever it is that they want to say. I know what God told me. Yes. I know what God is doing for me. And that's just what we have to stand on. We just have to just trust in him fully. There's a verse, um, and I have to think, I have to, uh, it's not coming to, the full verse is not coming. Trust in the Lord always. No, okay. no. It's the full, full verse is not coming to me, but there is a um, verse that says that he is our trust. Ooh. And... I just mm. think that, you know, we just need to get to that point where we're just like, you know what? Like, I don't care how this makes me look, how this makes me feel like I'm, you got it, Lord. Yeah. Like you got it no matter what. Yes. And that's, that's our reasonable service. You know, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So if I'm going to render my body to him, Obviously, I'm rendering my life because <laughs> we still in the body. So if I'm rendering my body to him, that means I'm rendering my life to him. And I'm giving him full reign as my Lord to determine what my life is going to look like, even if it doesn't make sense to me. It's not mm-hmm. about me. It's not about my desires. It's about what he wants to do through me as his vessel, as his ambassador. Yeah, and even with you saying that though, like I was like, I want people to get the full, full context. Amen. So Romans twelve, starting at verse one. Um, this is Paul. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And it's, um, I believe in the KJV. Other translations say you're reasonable. Reasonable, reasonable service. service. But uh, also in verse two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So I think like going into, as we are all in this season of discomfort, um, I think that's something that we also need to remember for us, even in our seasons and our times of discomfort to not be conformed to the world yes. and be transformed by the renewal of our minds so that by testing, even in your season of discomfort, if you don't conform to the world, you can be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that by testing, testing, mm. you may discern what is testing. the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, you see, you started bringing the Bible out and I feel like I could go another hour. But anyway, absolutely. It has to, you have to learn, you have to learn to test situations too. Mm-hmm. You know, the the word speaks about t- uh, testing spirits so that you know where, they're com- where they come from, essentially. You have to be willing to test it and get an understanding 
from the Lord about what it is that you're doing. The world figures things out. We test it. They, they just go according to their own understanding or what other people around them have to say about it. But no, we trust God and we test it according to the way that he's taught us to test things. So I just love that you brought that out. We're not conformed to this world. We don't We're do not. what the world does. We don't abide by their standards. We trust God and know that he's going to work things out for our good, period. Amen. And if you cannot tell, the world is lame. Come, they okay. are so lame. Big L's. Let's, I want to do the two. <laughs> but amen. Yeah. Any, any other thoughts on that? My sister in Christ, blessed woman <laughs> of God. Thank you. <laughs> um, honestly, no, I think that we said, I, at least I, I said what I felt was given to me to say, but um, I am just, like I said, encouraged and just fully just believe that the Lord is just going to, you know, pull us all out and, you know, we're going to have, you know, greater testimonies of God's grace and his mercy in this season. And hopefully y'all were blessed by this. Hopefully y'all are encouraged. <laughs> you know, hopefully you know that you are not alone in this season of discomfort. We all are. Okay. Okay, sis. We all uncomfortable right now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> thank you guys um, so much. We do not take this lightly. We do not take it for granted. We are grateful. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for watching us. We definitely appreciate you. Like I said, we do not take this for granted at all. We are grateful that the Lord has given this to us for us to do. And we just want to ask that if you were blessed by this, if you were encouraged, that you would like, share, subscribe, comment. You know what I'm saying? Uh, share it to somebody if you think that it can be a blessing to them. So we just thank you guys so much. And we will see you in the next episode. Do not forget to go ahead and also follow us on our social media platforms at Talk Like Ladies. And do you have anything else, Janae? With the Bless G? the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is, that within, is within me. Bless, bless his holy, holy name. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, y'all.